I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and magnify thy name, and thou shalt be blessed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. monks of the West are keeping high festival today and our praises soar heavenward in accents of jubilation and we are jubilant because we experience the truth of this promise made to our Father St. Benedict in the intro of today's Holy Mass, which is taken, of course, from the book of Genesis. And it is God who speaks. I find this extraordinarily significant, that today's Mass should open not in our cry addressed to God, but in God's word addressed to us. I I find in this a suggestion already of what St. Benedict says in the opening words of the prologue of the Holy Rule. Listen, my son. We listen, and while we are still on the threshold of the Holy Mysteries, God speaks. And what does he say? I will make of thee, I will make of thee, Benedict, a great nation, and I will bless thee, and magnify thy name, make thy name great, and thou shalt be blessed. The play on words is lost to us in the English translation. Because the Latin of the intro, it says, I will bless thee and magnify thy name, nomen tuum, thy name, erisque benedictus, and thou shalt be, understand here, thou shalt be indeed, in all truth, beyond all imagining, benedictus, blessed. And the song chosen to go with the antiphon of the introit. Psalm 102. So we have a passage from Genesis. And assorted to the passage from Genesis, we have the opening line of that great psalm of blessing, a Benedictine psalm par excellence, Psalm 102. Benedic anima mea domino et omnia que intra me sunt nomini santo eus. Now what is the meaning of this particular verse today, here and now, for us? This intro is in effect a dialogue. You would have, I think, caught that. The antiphon of the intro is God addressing St. Benedict. God speaking to Benedict. And the psalm verse of the introit is Benedict speaking to God. 
So we find ourselves already on the threshold of today's Holy Mass in this conversation between God and man, this conversation between God and a particular man named Benedict, or as St. Gregory the Great says, Benedict blessed not only by name but by grace. And so St. Benedict answering the words spoken to him by God says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says this, Et omnia que intrane sunt, nomini santo eus. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. How are we to understand this little phrase? And let all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know, of course, that in the biblical way of understanding things, a father carries in his loins the seed of all his progeny. It's a wonderful thing. I thank you, O Lord, that I am wonderfully made. And so when St. Benedict sings back to God in the words of the psalmist, and let all that is within me bless his holy name, he is saying, in effect, and let all my sons down through the ages, even to the monks of Silver Stream, let all that is within me bless his holy name. And this goes, you see, to the heart of our Benedictine vocation. We are, by name and by grace, men who, having received a blessing from the Father of lights, from whom descends every good gift, having been blessed, we bless. To bless God is to praise God. To bless God is to thank God. To bless God is to confess God. And for this reason, St. Benedict enjoins us to prefer nothing whatsoever to the work of God, that work by which and in which God blesses us, and by which and in which we bless God. This is what really happens at the Opus Dei, the work of God. So often as we assemble in choir to sing the praises of God, invisibly but really blessings descend from from above, even as blessings rise from this choir heavenward. So that the Opus Dei is that mysterious exchange in which God blesses man and man blesses God. The collect of the feast, a special one uh, that expresses our prayer as monks, makes us say, O God, who wouldst fill thy most blessed confessor Benedict with the spirit of all the just, O God, who didst fill thy most blessed confessor, Benedict, what does this mean with the spirit of all the just? To answer this question, the reference, of course, is to St. Gregory in the second book of the Dialogues, in which he says that 
Saint Benedict was filled with the spirit of all the just. But what exactly does this mean? In order to understand this uh, phrase, we have to go to the sequence of today's Mass. The sequence explains the expression used in the collect. And what did we sing in the sequence? His innumerable posterity, figure of the sun, the sun with its rays going out in every direction. His innumerable posterity, figure of the sun, made him like to Abraham. This means that our father, St. Benedict, had in him the spirit of Abraham, which is the spirit of obedience. Abraham, having been called out of his own land to go walking by faith into uncharted, unknown territory, St. Benedict participated in the grace, in the blessing of Abraham. And then the sequence says, See the crow. This is very suited to Silver Stream because we have a huge population of crows and at times they are exceedingly vocal crows. See the crow serving him. Again, this episode of the crow serving St. Benedict is recounted by St. Gregory the Great, and recognized hence Elias hiding in a little cave. And so here we see that St. Benedict participated in the spirit of Elias. Oh, what is the spirit of Elias? We have only to recall what happened on Mount Carmel when he called down fire from heaven, uh, confounding uh, the priests of Baal and uh, displaying for all the, the majesty and the presence and the power of the true God, the living God, and all the people fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. That's the spirit of Elias. But not only that. Elias hiding in the cave and waiting upon the passage of God. God who came not in the storm nor in the earthquake but in the still, gentle whisper of the passing St. Benedict, in his cave at Subiaco, participated in the grace in the spirit of Elias. And the sequence continues. Recognize Eliseus when he bids return the axe from beneath the current. You know the story. And so too, in the life of St. Benedict, when the poor brother, the Goth, who was out working with his tool, lost the uh, iron implement, it flew off the wooden handle into the lake, the poor man was distraught. To lose a tool was a terrible thing in St. Benedict's day, as it is today. And what did St. Benedict do? He 
he reached out with the wooden handle and the implement reattached itself and to the astonishment of the brother. This says something about St. Benedict as a miracle worker. I said this morning in chapter that St. Benedict is among the great miracle-working fathers of the Church in the sense that uh, people would stream to Monte Cassino to ask for his blessing. And I said this morning in chapter, St. Benedict always had the blessing cross in hand. And people would come in procession to Monte Cassino and he would bless and in blessing, extraordinary miracles took place by the power of the holding and life-giving cross. And so this uh, allusion to uh, Eliseus points to St. Benedict as a great worker of miracles by the power of the cross. And then uh, he is Joseph, through his life without stain. This uh, refers to the shining chastity of St. Benedict. We know that chastity for St. Benedict was a costly thing. Did he not roll himself in the briars? And at the same time, it was a beautiful thing, a joyful thing. So much so that in the Holy Rule, the two words concerning chastity are castigarum. Amare, to love chastity. One loves what is good. One loves what is beautiful. One loves the source of one's joy. This tells us much about how St. Benedict understood chastity. Loving chastity as a good thing, a beautiful thing, as a wellspring of joy. And then it is Jacob who through the light of the Spirit foretold the future. Yes, St. Benedict participated in the spirit of Jacob. To him was given a gift of prophecy. And the prophecies given uh, St. Benedict are uh, of import for the Church in every age. St. Benedict was given, his particular gift of prophecy was to see all things from the divine perspective. You recall the vision that he had when praying for the open window of his cell at Monte Cassino, he looked out. And what did he see? He saw reality as God sees it. He saw the whole world held in a single beam. He was sharing in the very vision of God. And it is this that made him a, a singularly great prophet in the church. This grace by which he looked upon all things as God sees them. Much more uh, could be said about the texts given us today. Uh, my exhortation would be, however, that 
we look to St. Benedict, each one of us today, for a particular grace. Did each one of us pray, St. Benedict, who had the spirit of all the just, that we pray for a participation in the capital grace that was given him. St. Thomas explains, does he not, that when God has a great mission in mind for a man, he gives that man so superabundant an outpouring of grace that it runs from the head over the beard, drenching the clothes, and even going to the hem of the garments. This is superabundant capital grace. So I would exhort each of you today, my sons, to pray St. Benedict to give you your share, your participation in the grace given him for our sakes. And I believe firmly that to each of us, St. Benedict will give the gift today uh, that will most effectively allow us to enter into the Opus Dei, that mystery by which God blesses man and in which man blesses God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.